Welcome to the What Wild Women Want podcast. I'm Rachel Rose, your personal, certified, feminine awakening coach, energy healer, and intuitive reader. This is a weekly show where women are empowered to unapologetically activate their goddess mode and reclaim their birthright to love, freedom, happiness, and abundance. This is a shrinking violet free zone, guys. Get ready for raw, open, and absolutely necessary conversations to supercharge your self-love journey. I love you. You are worth it. Let's get started. Welcome back to the What Wild Women Want podcast, and I'm your host, Rachel Rose. So I'm sure many of you will brand me as late to the party when I tell you that I literally have only just discovered the Flow app, which is basically a period tracker slash ovulation tracker slash digital genius. I genuinely have no idea how I lived my life without it. I'm learning so much about my body and it just made me feel in awe of how far science has really developed when it comes to technology and fertility in general. There are so many ways to get pregnant nowadays and so many ways to start a family, whether that is the traditional or non-traditional way. But how many of you listening today feel that you could be courageous enough to take this journey into parenthood all on your own? This is exactly what today's guest did. Everyone meet Vanessa Hunt. Vanessa started off as a solopreneur, which for those of you who don't know, is an entrepreneur who has doesn't have a fixed team, I should say. And she's been specializing in residential property management for the past decade. Things took a huge turn in her life when she realized at the age of 40 that actually she did want to have children. She therefore did what a lot of women are scared to do and decided that not having a partner at, at that time wouldn't stop her from becoming a mother. She was so moved and inspired by her trying to conceive journey that she decided to write a series of children's books for children who are donor conceived and their parents as well. Her work is currently with an illustrator and the books will be available later this year. She has also launched a blog that discusses the fertility journey more in depth and it is called Challenge Struggle Victory. In the blog, Vanessa shares her insights around managing all the small but impactful things around trying to conceive. Welcome, Vanessa. Thank you. So great to be here. I'm so excited. It's so good to have you here. I'm so glad we connected. We were just laughing about like where we connected and because we're all over social media, we were like, was it that group or was it a different group? But I think we realized where we met. So it's just so good to have someone like you here to really shed some light on an topic that I feel women would love to talk about but they just put barriers in front of like oh you know I have to book a consultation with a doctor or I don't know any experts and it's just so wonderful to have someone who's been through the journey and here to share your experience so why don't we start all the way from the beginning because there's so much to unpack here tell us about how you went from just focusing on your career in property management um, and then deciding, actually, I want to have a child and I also want to educate women on fertility. Yeah, you know, um, that journey really took place um, largely in my 30s. Um, but I have to say, I have to preface it with um, a lot of 
uh, I'd say, let me just come out and say social conditioning and the way in which women are supposed to show up. And um, I probably wouldn't shock anyone to say that this is largely a patriarchal driven society. And so in order to show up in certain industries and stuff, I think that women um, need to show up Although I want to say less and less today, I think there's so much more awareness around it, but to show up, um, you know, I think that to deny um, the feminine, and I'm going to go here also to say the divine feminine, mm-hmm. um, it's, uh, you know, I think it affects, it affects the woman mentally and, you know, emotionally, and I'm even going to say hormonally. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I, approached the end of my 30s and um you know there was not really a partner uh with whom I would want to have um a family and so you know I kind of woke up uh you know not exactly like woke up one day but you know it it was a rather abrupt realization you know it was um perhaps the proverbial time clock you know ticking that I wanted to have children. So I, I mean, I woke up somewhere between 40 and 41 and said, Oh, bleep, I forgot to have children. (laughs) And so, um, you know, uh, that was kind of like, uh, not a great time because it was like, you know, the pandemic then happened. And so that was kind of like a, you know, over the last year and a half, um, up two years, um, I'm going to be, you know, 44 coming up. Um, it was, it's not really the best time to pursue, um, you know, having a child during a pandemic, particularly as a solar mother to be. So yeah, mm-hmm. crazy times, crazy times. I just find your story so inspiring because I love how you've mentioned that it's a patriarchal thing and, you know, women are kind of boxed in to only show up in a certain way. I cannot resonate more with that. I think it's so accurate and it's just so sad that something that should be our choice, it's our bodies, it's going to be our lives. We're the ones that carry the child is something that is so shunned by people in society that don't have the ability for example um, men I'm talking about don't have the ability to conceive themselves but but yeah they've created this kind of taboo around a woman you know either not being able to conceive or that a woman is made to be a mother so all of these kind of negative connotations of course they then put women into a place where they don't really want to speak out about any issues that they're having because it's shameful or they feel guilty or they feel like they're not really a woman if they're not doing it the right way or traditional way so I completely resonate with what you said and so I would love to know what your friends and family like how did they react when you told them you not only wanted to have a child at your, at that age but also you wanted to do it in a non-traditional way and you were going to do it alone you know, it was a, a decision that wasn't taken lightly. And, um, you know, and I'd have to say that uh, my mindset changed throughout that because of the pandemic and because of the delay in getting started and because of what research I uncovered in trying to engage some fertility clinics based on the type of donor sperm that I selected um, it, it was quite challenging at times. And so let me go back and just share about briefly about the donor sperm. Um, you know, there's, well, there's 
two essential types, known donor and non-known donor. And then there's also something called um, identity release donor. And so um, the, the takeaway from this is that certain countries within Europe, um, countries that um, are really trying to build up their fertility tourism tourism industry, um, they do not allow identity release donors. And so what this means is that um, I could go and, you know, uh, get uh, the IVF procedure within Spain, any clinic within Spain, Greece, or um, I think Czech Republic was another one. And um, I could not select a donor um, where they would be able to share their uh, their information uh, to my child upon turning eighteen, and so uh, that's what that that's what identity release means. That mm-hmm. um, you know, eventually the ID of the donor could be released to the child, so that the child, if they wanted to, if they elected to, um, could meet the the donor if the donor agrees. And um, there's some really great videos out there. I think uh, the account Donor Conceived 101, I think that's it. Anyway, there's some great videos out there where the children actually get a chance to meet the donor. And and so I wanted that opportunity. And that's something that I sort of mm-hmm. haven't had, did an about turn with. Um, that's something that I hadn't really thought of. And I'm so glad that I did. And I suppose in this way, I, I, the delay of my journey was a blessing because I got to learn about this and I got to learn about the different rights. And Mm. it's really that I wanted that opportunity for my, my child, should they choose to meet or want to meet the donor, the biological, you know, the biological father. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, I don't know if my family realized that right away. Um, I don't know if they, um, understood all of that right away. So it was in a, a bit as I was going through it and I was trying to learn and having my emotional, um, let's say, um, challenges or reactions mm-hmm. to various points in the journey, you know, is also my responsibility to educate, you know, m- my family and, and what they meant uh, or what it meant to them. And so sometimes I have to admit that was challenging. Um, I think sometimes, um, you know, uh, they didn't understand it. Um, I think at some point, um, you know, the, uh, why don't you just adopt question came out, which is kind of like, um, a very funny question. If you're, you know, um, if you're in fertility, you don't, you know, and and you want to have a child and that's what you decided. You don't want to hear the question. Why don't you just adopt? It's just not, it's not something to consider at that point. It's actually very, um, it's, uh, it's disempowering. Um, we'll say it that way. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was an education process with, with the family. Um, and, uh, yeah, sometimes at times challenging. I think you're just so strong for doing that because it's just so easy. If, if you're the only one that's kind of the radical one, like breaking traditions, it, it's not always easy standing up and being like, no, I still believe in this. If everyone else is thinking one way. So definitely kudos to you um and you've taught me so much like there's so many questions I had like fertility tourism what like I didn't even know that was a thing um and I didn't even know that there was a possible way for um your child to know its donor like this is just a whole new world for me 
And so when it comes to freezing eggs, because I know that we were talking about this before we hit record, talk to us about that process. Um, it is relatively new to uh, the scene and um, it's a choice and potentially an option to extend your and and pr- prolong your fertility window and is a wonderful option particularly if you have you know underlying medical issues or something that uh, you know cancer say so it, it can be helpful in that way um, I question I, I question the whether it's actually going to be a viable way to extend one's fertility journey alone, fertility window alone. And uh, by that, I mean, it's largely prohibitive in a lot of countries. So for example, in the Philippines, women are allowed to freeze their eggs, but can only use them if they're married. Um, In Singapore, women aren't allowed to you freeze their eggs unless there's an underlying medical condition. Um, in Australia, you know, a, a, a egg freezing um, treatment is upward of ten thousand uh, dollars Australian. Um, so it's not it's not available to every woman in, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is it is it old men writing laws? Um, particularly in the case of Singapore and the Philippines. Well, I mean, I don't want to take this to a political debate, but I mean, it seems like there is some, I don't know, geriocracy in mm-hmm. in the lawmakers. Um, I saw this in your reel and I was so shocked. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. And, um, and another another fact is that uh, you know it's something very small of the amount of eggs frozen. I think it was like the amount of eggs, um, women's eggs frozen in Australia one particular year. Only nineteen percent of those resulted in live births. And so, you know, um, you know that that those that information was pro- provided by um, Vice Media. Um, and so it's mm-hmm. uh, you know it's. Um, is it really a way to prolong your fertility window? Um, it potentially is, but it has to be done, I think, in combination with other things, you know, with, with mm. other things, which I'm sure we'll get to here in a second. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, no, please elaborate. So what would you, what other things are you referring to? Yeah. Um, I think it also involves, um, you know, your timeline. If there mm-hmm. is a partner in the picture, if there mm-hmm. is not a partner in the picture, um, and topics, health, uh, certainly, and perhaps even mindset and goal setting. Yes. I love that. I know you mentioned that as well. Um, so, I just feel like it's fundamental to include that in probably all areas of life. And I really appreciate that that is something that you feel that is one of the most forefront things that women need to focus on because it all starts there essentially. Um, And, you know, speaking of mindset, 
I would love for you to just talk to us about your blog. So I love the name of it. So Challenge, Struggle, Victory, because it just feels so chronological about your experience and how you were able to triumph all the taboos, like all of the possibilities and and become a mother, which is amazing. So please tell us about your blog. Please tell us about your experiences and what led you to even write the blog and um, how we can find it. Yeah, um, I think the blog has just kind of been a uh, way for me to kind of work out the little things that I've picked up along the journey. Um, You know, I've explored, um, you know, caffeine-free alternatives. Um, Caffeine is supposed to allegedly lower your progesterone, though if taken in small amounts, some say that it is okay. Um, You know, clipping the wine and the alcohol. For me, I go, you know, I go straight to wine. That is my alcohol. But, um, you know, curbing the alcohol consumption uh, in the fertility journey, I speak about that. Um, I also speak about um, different tools, specific tools um, in the blog that uh, I've noticed has been helpful to me in this particular journey and path. And also, I think it's important to formulate uh, your support group you know, if doing without a partner, but also if doing with a partner. And so I I wrote about Mm -hmm. that, how it's important to formulate and really ask for what you want. And I think uh, it's such an emotionally can be such an emotionally exhaustive experience. It's really important to be able to ask for the type of support that you want. And, you know, it's less about the fact telling, you know, like, okay, I had to do this today, I got to schedule this blood test. And then I have to, you know, email this clinic, and then I have to engage the couriers to ship these vials to this location. You know, it's a lot of to do to do to do to do. Um, But you know, for me, I don't want to share with someone the to do to do to do I want to share with someone how that to do to do made me feel. And I want to be able to engage with them Mm -hmm. in being able to hear me so that I feel supportive. So it's, um, I tried to include some discussion around how to engage people and how to get the support that you want. Uh, and for me, it was emotional. So being, being a blog, I wrote about that Mm -hmm. and, um, you can find it at challenge struggle, victory.com. Um, on there is a little list that I put together, um, it's just a short checklist. It's also great journal points. And there are um, seven things that um, I feel you can prolong your fertility window with. I I don't promise you the golden gates or anything like that. But these are things that you really need to um, should strongly think about and consider if, uh, you know, you want to have children, you know, five, 10 years from now. So it's it's a low pressure, low key list. Um, you know, it's just things you want to get thinking about if eventually it's something you want to do. And I wish I had this list, you know, um, it's so simple, but it pulls from everywhere. It's so funny you say that because I was literally going to say, what is one like massive thing that changed your experience that you wish that you knew before? Yeah. Um, I was, I was, I was aware of all the options that 
are available Mm -hmm. to, you know, a woman and in, in a more timely fashion, I wish it was like more condensed and want like one place I can go. Um, you know, the people, people who are going through infertility, they're, they're a super sophisticated consumer. They know the ins and outs and the facts and the details. And, but it takes a while to make yourself an expert. And, um, I've been pulling at this information, you know, um, for the last couple of years. And so, um, particularly for someone who's going to walk down, um, the path of using, um, you know, uh, donor sperm and, you know, they don't want to be pressured into staying or creating a relationship in order to have a family. Um, you know, I'm, I'd like to create a resource for that. And so my blog is the beginning of that. So. I love that. And not only your blog, but also something really exciting you're building. So we were discussing offline about the course you're building and how you're going to pivot your message. So please tell us a little bit about that as well. Yeah. um, Well, the fertility community is a wonderful group and so supportive. And um, I mean, I think of accounts that I was following that you know, I no longer follow or I'm able to follow because they, they canceled. And I I actually feel quite sad when I think about that. I, um, I feel Mm. sad that these, you mean they gave up in their journey? These women gave up in their journey. Oh, sad. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's quite sad. And so I, I kind of, I, I took a step back and thought about things as we all have during the pandemic. And I, and I thought, God, I need, uh, is there a way to kind of like make something for women who, um, are not, you know, um, you know, at 35, like something, something magical happens. Some, a fairy comes in and starts stealing your eggs or something like that. Something crazy happens, but I, I, something for women before they turn 35, before they turn 34, you know, ideally women who are in their late twenties to early thirties, you know, you know, they've got so much to do. There's so much still yet to do and bucket lists, long bucket lists. Um, you know, but is there a way that you can kind of, with the smallest amount of awareness and intention in a positive, non-pressuring way, start to plan, you know, perhaps set an intention, you know, for this? And so, you know, you um, you have to get kind of honest with yourself because it's kind of a big deal. I wasn't thinking about it when I was, when I was in the OBGYN's office at 33 and, you know, the doctor said to me, you know, gosh, you better get on it. And I'm like, what? No. Yeah. (laughs) No. You know, but I, I've, I've since changed my thinking and I really think that there's, um, there's, there needs to be something for younger women to tap into. It it shouldn't be prevent, prevent panic. Mm -hmm. I love that. I agree. And I think it's just, again, great to have you as someone who's been through it and, if you could turn back time, that's one thing that you probably would have done differently and hearing that and you sharing that with us, it's, it's really awesome. And, um, I'm with you. I'm not about, you know, panicking and it being a rush, you know, um, if it can be forward planned, then excellent. Um, but it's just good that 
as the years go on, science is developing more and more. And I really, you know, wanted you to come on because I want women to know that there is more than just one way. Like, please don't feel pigeonholed. And there are women, if you are trying to conceive, there are other women that have really had a hard time and they've done it. So, you know, don't give up. There's always a way. And um, I would love for you I know you said like what you wish that you would that you knew and you were trying, but what would your one major piece of advice be for women who are mid thirties, going on to the forties? Um, we've spoke about mindset, but anything else that comes to mind is something that's really critical for um, trying mothers to really know and be aware of before they get to a time where it's a bit too scattery in terms of them trying to get pregnant. Sure. Um, well, I, I did. Uh, I did some interviews, and um, you know, I, I asked women ages nineteen to forty-six, um, you know, what their thoughts were around family building and stuff. And a lot of the women had a tremendous amount of knowledge around their hormone levels, um, and and you know their cycles, which is awesome, awesome. And one thing I did notice is that um, they. It didn't have a lot of awareness around what's known as an AMH level, anti-molaran hormone. And this is a hormone that is pretty much like, um, like, have you ever uh, checked the oil under like an old car and you pull out the oil and you see how much oil is exactly on the long stick? Um, maybe that's an antiquated <laughs> analogy. But- <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm drive yet, so I'm like I'm the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Okay, bad analogy. Um, <laughs> yes. So basically, <laughs> the AMH level is going to tell you. It's going to give you a snapshot of your um, your viable um, egg reserve, uh, your uh, ovarian reserve, mm-hmm. and this is a uh, kind of an important number. It's not the um, be all end all number, but um, Getting an awareness around that, um, around what your AMH level is, and the scoring, um, the scoring measurements, it, they're, they're different. So here it's different than there, right? So we'll have a different number. And I don't know how to, and it's not as simple as converting from Fahrenheit to Celsius either. I swear. Um, so it's it's a different number, but um, don't freak out if it's a not the number that you think it is. I, I freaked out. I freaked out for like two weeks um, because you, you still have choices and options and there's still things you can do. So getting awareness around that, I think is probably like a huge, a huge piece. So, you know, being aware of your other hormones as well. Okay. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> right. make me yeah. a bit panicky. No, I but... know. I, I don't mean to. Um, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be good. It's good. It's good. good. It's good. Just Google it. AMH. Well, it's good to yeah, the awareness is is the key thing, right? And then you can do what you need to do with that knowledge. So um it just sounds so clean. The ovarian reserve. I'm like, oh <laughs> what's going on inside? Like it makes me curious. Yeah, so That is a really good piece of advice. And like, I hope that's really useful for anyone listening. And so where can we find you on social media? So I know you've mentioned um, how we can find your blog, but where do you live? Like where do you post, for example? 
Yeah, I am on Instagram, uh, Vanessa at Vanessa dot hunt three v a n e s s a dot hunt three, um, and uh, books dot Vanessa Hunt Club dot com. Um, that's a list um, if you're interested in the children's books, or um, if you know someone who um, could use a cool. Uh, birthday gift. Um, yeah. So I'm uh, putting those out this year and um, those will be available. So yeah, you can jump on the list for um, when they do finally become available. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. Beautiful illustrator. She's so cool. Um, in a moment of serendipity, she's in South Africa and it just so turns out that the, um, the donor um, who I selected is also from South Africa. So kind of kind of wild and serendipitous oh look at that you know there's no such thing as a coincidence that definitely is a sign yeah it's wild right it's, it's wild yeah it was amazing having you it was so good and um so Vanessa like moving on like what are you going to be doing for what you guys call spring break that'll probably be like Easter for us what are you going to be up to Oh man, spring break. Can't wait. I tell you what, um, I'm probably going to have my feet up, uh, well, as much as I can, um, on a beach. So, um, yeah, I see myself on a beach in Carolina with my feet up and, uh, yeah, a book. And that is all we have time for, for today, guys. If you love this episode, Take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and Facebook stories. I am at the Healing Rose Holistics. Feel free to send me a DM. Love you. Let me know what you liked about this episode and let me know what you want to see more of. Have a good one.